Uh, guys, um, I, I was really unsure about what I was going to speak about today. Um, I'd wrote, wrote, written this message on the Magnificat. Um, Averill knows what I'm talking about, right? Uh, which is Mary's song, prayer, psalm of praise. Um, and it just wasn't sitting, it just wasn't sitting right with me. And it wasn't because there was anything wrong with the message, right? But it, it just didn't, one of the challenges is when you're writing a message, you're not, you're, you're not just writing a message for the sake of writing a message, you're trying to create something um, that connects, right? And I just, I had a sense of disconnect with the message. And I, I was reading it and I was like, I know what I want to say about it. I know how I want to walk through it, and I know the points that I'm going to make, but I'm like, but why, God? <laughs> why am I making the points? Um, and then I came in, and I was talking with Lloyd, and I was like, it's, it's, not, it's not what's on my heart. What on, what's on my heart is this expectation. There's an expectancy and a hopefulness that we're bringing into 2023 and I'm giving a sermon on the Magnificat, right? And I've watched R.C. Sproul give seven weeks on the Magnificat, and I can't believe that he got seven weeks out of it. I was like, and I was reading all the commentaries, and I'm like, what am I missing? And you can all see it, can't you? Mary, who is expecting to have a baby, says these words. She is expectant. There is a certain uh, energy that is created when someone is expecting a baby, isn't there? Have we, have we been around a pregnant woman? <laughs> There's an expectancy. I'm going to have a baby. Better get some stuff in order. Better go and get a room ready. Better go and get a place ready. Better get my hubby in shape. He's going to have to step up his game. Right? There's, there's a certain narrative that every pregnant mum walks through. Because there's an expectancy about what is to come. We need to have this place in better shape. Because what's coming in is a big deal. Yeah? And so we have this passage, and I'm going to try and do the slides as I read them, which is probably not going to work. Listen, Luke, if you just press those, if you just press on the slide, it'll work. Okay? Um, so, sorry? Yeah, if you, yeah, they see, look, it just comes up. How good is that? That's like the best. And Mary said, my soul, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things in me. His holy name, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arms. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts, and he has brought down rulers from their thrones and he has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel 
remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever and ever and ever. And he said, um, even as he has said to our fathers. And then Mary stayed for about three months and returned home. So here we are. That's actually my message. This is last week's message. I could talk about the Magi, but I'm not going to talk about the Magi. Um, So how old is Mary? Well, Mary, when she gets married, she's about 12 to 14 years old. She's young, alas. About the time of the pregnancy, she might be as old, as old as 17 years old. Okay? How old is Joseph? Well, um, Catholicism... This is no dig at you, Avril. But um, there is an understanding that he's actually a lot older, like maybe he's 90 years old, right, which is not true at all, okay? So he's more than likely anywhere from three to five years older than Mary, okay? So we're dealing with a 17-year-old and a potentially 22-year-old who are about to herald expectantly the saviour of the world, Okay, there is a profound level of emotional intelligence on our 17-year-old female in this story. I'm walking out there and I'm grabbing Tara and I'm bringing her in. And that there is our Mary for this story. Not only that, Mary is staying with Elizabeth, and Elizabeth is expecting a child as well, John, who will be the voice of the one calling in the wilderness, prepare and make way the paths of the Lord, right? This is our John the Baptist. Um, And she stays with Elizabeth for three months, and the implication is here is that Mary is present for the birth of John the Baptist, That's part of expectancy, isn't it? When you are expecting a child, you sign up to birthing classes. So you can see what's in store for you. It's an important thing, isn't it? To have a conscious awareness of what you have just gotten yourself into. And so Mary and Joseph stay with Elizabeth and Zachariah to witness the birth of John because they are eagerly anticipating the birth of their own child. And so Mary says, this is verse 46, my soul glorifies the Lord and then my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. Don't worry about it, Luke, you'll be fine. For he's been mindful of the humble state of his servant, the 17-year-old, newly wed girl who is humbly ready and willing to bring forth the God-man, the saviour of the universe. And then she goes on to say, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Why? For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. I am blessed because of what God has chosen to do through me. 
the blessing that comes into this world because of me. I'm blessed. It's an extraordinary story. Is um, I was listening to, I pointed Averill because all the songs on the Magnificat are Catholic. Averill spent a long time in a Catholic church. And some of the Magnificat songs are just extraordinary, right? And, oh, my soul glorify. Too much. Was it pitchy? It was out. I know, I could feel it. I could feel it. It was extraordinary. And you listen to them, and there's, there's this deep sense of anticipation and joy about what Yahweh is doing in Mary's life. Joseph, too, is humble. Joseph has not consummated the marriage. He is patiently walking with Mary on this journey, knowing that God has anointed her miraculously, with our baby Jesus. He's a 22-year-old guy who's laying down his own ambitions, his own ego, to welcome this child into the world, to father this child. It's a, it's a tale where remarkable things happen leading into it. Uh, you don't have this on slides, so don't worry about it. Luke 39 to 45, there's a passage just before this. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried down uh, to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby inside of her womb leapt for joy. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she explained, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that, the, uh, that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. There's a, a delight, an eager anticipation about what is to come. I feel that, I feel that a little bit with us. You know, like I feel over the last few months... There has been an expectation of what is to come. And so what do you do? You prepare and clean, right? The church is the cleanest it's looked on the outside. You drive by without sunglasses on on a hot summer's day, you go blind. Accidents at the intersection have gone up, it's so white, right? Yeah, I am joking. Accidents are way down. People st slow right down to see the Mykonos white and blue. Um, the gardens have been set. The fences have been fixed. The roof has been repaired, right? 
These are the same kind of things that you do, don't you? When when you're expecting, you get into a room and you paint it and you clean it and you put in a new bed and you put in a new cot and you put in a new rocker and you you get the toys out and you stick the decals on the wall and you prepare the space for what is about to happen. And I shared a little bit last week when we had Mel up about things that might happen next year, right? And we, we had a vision retreat and we are pulling together this vision plan, right? And so what excites me is that we've seen the same kind of expectancy on our side, right? You drive by, it's clean. But my hope in 2024, you drive by and it's alive. Yeah? Because that's what expectancy brings. That's what Christmas brings. Christmas isn't just about sharing you a narrative stale stale tale of something that happened in the past. No, 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 no. The birth of Jesus is the herald of new life, new hope, new opportunity, new purpose, new direction, and life eternity. There is something profound that we are reminded of every Christmas season. And it starts with a gift, the greatest gift of all, the gift of Jesus. And so I was was reading through this story and it was just, it was slapping me in the face and I wasn't seeing it. Expectancy, expectancy, expectancy. Meanwhile, I'm writing a Magnificat makes this great moment in the, in the story. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. This is verse 51. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has lifted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he sent the rich away. There's this visual image, right, of these. Um, this is not my analogy. This is Sproul's analogy, but I like it. Is there's two people playing chess, right? And they're moving pieces around the board. And as if this individual just comes in and whips the chess pieces off the board, right? There's nothing you can do about it. Boom! They shoot everywhere. Except the person whipping the chess pieces off the board isn't whipping chess pieces off the board. He's whipping rulers and powers and principalities. There goes the Assyrian king and the Babylonian king and Boom, they're gone. There's nothing you can do about it. That is the strength of Yahweh. Mary knows it from history. She has seen it in the people of Israel as they have persevered through Babylonian rule and Assyrian rule and Persian rule, now under Roman rule, but it doesn't bother them. Because Yahweh has performed great deeds with a flick of his arm. What I love about this story is that there is a precious, humble expectancy. Why Mary? Why not? Why Bethlehem? Why not? 
It's the whole point. Because God doesn't need significant kings, powers, and authorities to accomplish what he needs to accomplish. He needs a willing, faithful, humble person who is expectant. Is what is the strength of Mary's magnificat of her song is the humble expectancy of what God is about to accomplish. Do our hearts need to find that expectancy again? Do our hearts need to be ignited for the goodness of what is to come, knowing God? Or do we sit in here because it's a thing that we should do on a Sunday? (laughs) Which it isn't. Like, of all the things we could do on a Sunday, there's far more fun things to do. But if we're eagerly expectant, of what God might do, then there certainly isn't any more fun things that we might want to do. This is the funnest place to be. But if it's a religious requirement that we just need to tick, then this is not the place for us. This is a place for expectancy, for hope, for eager anticipation. A place where we can have the same kind of delight that Mary has. I mean, I don't wish to throw myself in as an opposite, you know, like if I was in Mary's boots, I'd be petrified. You want me to raise the saviour of the universe. Surely there's a better candidate. Not from Bethlehem, not 17 years old, maybe a mum who's got three or four of these under her belt. Do you know? Number five is just... Not a problem. Walk in the park. You know? Reach out to Anne's. Matthew. Matthew, Andrew, was it? Number six. You could do number seven. Number seven's Jesus. Not a big deal. You've already got some runs on the board. No, this is a brand new mum. This is the mum that goes into the play, you know, into the playtime center and goes, I think I need the bugaboo. It's like, no, they've all got the same safety rating. That's just the most expensive one. They all do the same thing. You actually need a second-hand one, and it'll do exactly the job this one will do. Right? That's a seasoned mum who knows that. But Mary is like, man, <laughs> my soul glorifies you, Lord. Because of the great things you're going to do, the great things that you have done, the great things that you continue to do. I'm ready to do it with you. There's a beauty in that. This is like, what if for our community, we replaced worry about what could go wrong with the expectancy of what God is making right. Well, if we don't do this, 
then this is going to happen and it's going to go bad. If we surrender our hearts before the Lord and eagerly await what he might do, aren't we all just delighted when it happens? <laughs> oh, we did it again. Oh, oh, I thought it might happen and then it did and then it was like, yeah, that was good, you know? That's the beauty of this song. That's this beauty of the moment. And so, you know, our team have come up with an action plan to make the site safer so that we can have the food truck in, right? But we eagerly anticipate what that might bring to our community. We are in the process of making a plan to landscape the front. So we no longer say clean, but we say alive. We eagerly anticipate what God might do in our community next year. Because he is alive, he is active, and this is not some story cemented in history, but it is still unfolding today with the same power and purpose and hope that Mary brought to Elizabeth's house to say, I eagerly anticipate what you might do, Lord. That's the delight that I want. Next Saturday, I'm throwing out extra seats in here. I'm putting them all in. Because I eagerly anticipate what God might do Christmas Eve in this place. Helen will have to sit over here. I'm sorry, I'm moving you. Christmas Eve, you're on this side because you're not going to be able to get your walker onto that side. Shirley, you can stay where you are. Helen's moving. It's the only person I'm getting a different assigned seat to for Sunday, for uh, Saturday night. Okay? But the reason is, is because I'm expectant. I'm excited about what could happen. And so there'll be a fourth and maybe a fifth row. Maybe I'll hang seats off these little side walls. I don't know. It's exciting. A swing, indeed. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, no, listen, it's all possible. Bring your tools next week. Expectancy. How much better is expectancy than anxiety? That's what we need for 2023. An expectant people, eagerly anticipating what God might do. Let's pray. God, we are hopeful, we are prayerful, and we are humble as we wait upon you. Lord, that you might grant us wisdom, that you might grant us insight. Lord, and that you might lead us where you want to lead us. Amen.